Okay, great. So we'll uh, begin uh, at this time with our uh, session. I invite you to join me in Gusho. Namo Amida Butsu. 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 Namo Okay, great. Well, good evening, everyone. For those of you who are joining us live, and um, uh, if you're joining us after the session, checking us out on our uh, Temple website, we welcome you. And uh, hello, good morning, good day, good life, as my Dharma mentor, Reverend Kobata, often says when he knows he's being recorded <laughs> online. Um, so this is our continuing Shoshinge session for the San Mateo Buddhist Temple. Um, so this portion of the session is recorded. Um, if you are uh, joining us for the first time or you want to check back and review uh, previous sessions, this is actually our 19th session. So uh, we've been moving through uh, Shoshinge little by little. Um, I reckon we're probably about uh, halfway through um, at this point. And the uh, previous sessions are all posted to the uh, San Mateo Buddhist Temple website. Uh, if you go into uh, just the top page, uh, you can see usually the, the last session is just up there on the main homepage. And then you can also go into the study classes and seminars section um, uh, and view previous, uh, previous sessions, which we welcome you to do. There, I'll be sharing a handout uh, for today's session. And that uh, handout is also posted there uh, on the temple website. Um, so you can, uh, or you could print it out and have it, have it there in front of you. Um, so if you, again, if you're watching this uh, on the website, it's just, if you just scroll down a little bit, uh, it's there. Um, and so I will go ahead and start my screen share at this time of that handout. So I did a little bit of color uh, on the uh, on the handout this time um, because I wanted to to highlight some connections um, between the text of the Shoshinge, which is what uh, we did our we did chanting of uh, Shoshinge earlier this evening. And thank you for those who joined us for that chanting session. And then this session, we're focusing on the meaning of uh, the text that we chant. Um, and so we're going through, we've been going through uh, kind of verse by verse, and this month we're going to be connecting the verse we looked at last month with um, the one that we're kind of uh, focused on uh, here for this month. And there are five, uh, five kind of <clears throat> topics, and so we've got these five colors, red, orange, green, blue, and purple, that, um, that we'll see uh, kind of relate, relate through um, a text that we're going to be looking at. So my approach to uh, studying Shoshinge uh, in these sessions is to try to identify the passages, the scriptures. What is it that Shinran was reading that uh, inspired him to compose these verses? Because uh, all of Shinran's writings are uh, seen as an expression, a kind of a, a clarification of what has already been established, most importantly by the Buddha, but then also by uh, previous generations of uh, teachers, commentators, uh, and so forth. So Shinran uh, never sort of comes out and says, this is my original idea. And so if we read Shinran's works, he is actually 
uh, very original, very creative in his way of presenting the teachings, but it's always referring back to something that came before. And in the Shoshinge, uh, the first section, you know, that we, we looked at focuses on the sutras, the actual uh, words of the Buddha, the sermons of the Buddha. And then for the last few months, we've been looking, we've been into a section that's on the commentators from uh, first India. So we're still, this, this will be our last session on the Indian commentators, Nagarjuna, and then now we're talking about Vasubandhu. And then uh, for next session, we'll be looking into the Chinese commentators, beginning with Tanluan, then eventually into the Japanese masters, um, uh, Genshin and Honen. And so, uh, so this, this section, these, uh, this uh, section of Shoshinge that we're looking at is based on the uh, teachings of Vasubandhu. And so uh, as we did last month, we'll be looking a little bit at the, uh, the other things that Shinran cites in uh, Kyogyo Shinsho, the text in which um, the Shoshinge appears, but also looking at Vasubandhu's words uh, from his, uh, his commentary uh, on, the, uh, on the Pure Land. And we'll be, we'll be looking at that to kind of understand well, again, what inspired Shinran from Vasubandhu's ideas? And we can't uh, overstate the influence that Vasubandhu's thought had on, on Shinran. Um, Shinran's the name that Shinran chose for himself. Shinran um, is one of those characters, the character Shin uh, also comes from Vasubandhu's uh, his name in Chinese, which is Tenji. And so that, that Shin becomes... Uh, uh, gene. Um, and so, uh, so Shinran really uh, had tremendous uh, uh, reverence for Vasubandhu and his teachings. So I'll begin by reading through these verses, these two verses that uh, we'll be looking at um, this week. And again, uh, the, the, the color coding serves a purpose. So uh, I hope it's not too distracting, but I, I hope it also will be useful as we move through the text here. So Vasubandhu uh, Shinran writes, he discloses the mind that is single so that all beings be saved by Amida's directing of virtue through the power of the primal vow. When a person turns and enters the great treasure ocean of virtue, necessarily he joins Amida's assembly. And when he reaches that lotus-held world, he immediately realizes the body of suchness or Dharma nature then, sporting in the forests of blind passions, he manifests transcendent powers. Entering the garden of birth and death, he assumes various forms to guide others. So first, I want to uh, just, <clears throat> excuse me, just point out a couple of uh, passages on this, this idea of the lotus, the lotus-held world. Um, and this appears... Uh, in uh, Shinran's uh, Kyogyo Shinsho, the teaching practice and realization uh, as a quote. Uh, and he, it's actually a quote of a quote. Shinran is quoting Tangwan, who's quoting Vasubandhu. But so these, 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 uh, these words are from um, the verses composed by Vasubandhu. The beings of the Tathagata's pure lotus are transformed from the lotus of perfect enlightenment. Contemplating the features of that world, I see that it transcends the three realms. Um, these three realms it refers to here are the form realm, uh, what we call the desire realm, 
and then um, the the Dharma the Dharma realm. And these are kind of three three realms of of existence. And so, and and we we dwell in in these those those three realms. Um, and so the the <clears throat> excuse me the beings of the Tathagata's pure lotus. The Tathagata again is another name uh, for the Buddha, and the that those who are born into that world, uh, the sutras describe how birth in the pure land um, occurs as kind of the blossoming out of a lotus. Um, and so, so there's, there's this, um, this imagery in the lotus, of course, being, being pure, but the, the imagery of the lotus in, in Buddhism is significant because if you think about a lotus plant, um, the lotus plant uh, blossoms if you've ever seen an actual lotus in the wild or, or you know, uh, in, in a garden or something, uh, it's not growing on nice, you know, clean, pristine grass. It's in a really mucky, murky pond where lotuses grow. They don't grow in clear water. They don't grow, grow in mountain streams. They grow in kind of like, like, you know, very almost like stagnating, you know, these, these mucky ponds. Um, and it's in that mud that they receive the, the nutrients to come and to blossom. And so the lotus is a powerful metaphor for uh, our own realization of enlightenment, which comes blossoming out of the kind of the muck of our everyday lives, the greed, the anger, you know, the ignorance uh, that so often uh, characterize our minds, that it's, it's from that life that we live that the lotus, the lotus blossoms, and that we we enter into that pure world of enlightenment, which is uh, ultimately very different from this world uh, that we live in. Um, so that's the section of verse, and then um, I want to revisit this section of of prose that we looked at um, a little bit last week. Um, and I, I'm, I'm going to pause for a moment here, um, and I'm going to, to get my water. Because <laughs> as you can hear, my throat's a little dry. Just a moment. <clears throat> OK, thank you for your patience. Um, so, so this section uh, describes these five gates of mindfulness. And this is um, a framework that Vasubandhu provides for talking about Buddhist practice and the nature of Buddhist practice, the nature of uh, the path to uh, awakening. And so um, we, we went through this in some depth uh, last session. So um, I'll, I'll just kind of briefly summarize uh, these five gates. And what I want to look at is the second part of this section. So Vasubandhu here, he lays out these five gates. What are they? And then um, there's a second section further down that we'll look at in more depth um, that talks about kind of the meaning of, of these practices. What is, what is the spiritual transformation or change that comes about through as we move move through these different stages. So um, the first one is the gate of worship. So Asamana says, well, how does one worship? 
So one worships by one's bodily acts, uh, the Amida Tathagata, the perfect enlightened one, uh, out of an aspiration for birth in that land. So this, again, is the physical, uh, physically coming into a temple, physically sitting down in front of your computer to join a service. Uh, if you have a homo butsudan, you know, uh, lighting incense, uh, perhaps most basically joining your hands in gasho. Uh, bowing your head in reverence. Um, this word that's translated as worship uh, in Japanese uh, includes the word, the word for bowing. So it's the sort of the physical activity. Um, and then the next, so that's the first stage. And then there's the gate of praise. So praise is one's verbal act. So this includes chanting. Uh, this includes uh, recitation of the Nembutsu, saying Namu Amida Butsu. Um, and so this is, so you've got your body, you've got your speech, okay? And then how does one aspire? One aspires constantly in one's heart with the mind that is single. And so heart and mind, um, and you know, I wish Paco were here because he's often, he's often brought this up for us, this sort of, you know, this idea of heart and mind. Um, and I think for us, you know, from on the Western side, uh, we often think about heart and mind as two kind of different things. But in the Buddhist perspective, uh, in the East Asian perspective in general, uh, it's that one word kokoro or shin uh, is, uh, includes both one's heart, which I think we associate with kind of emotions, and then mind, which we associate with thoughts. But this is sort of one aspect of our kind of our psychic being, uh, in a sense. And so uh, with the mind that is single, one wishes to be born in the land of uh, peace and happiness. And one desires to practice shamatha in accordance with reality. And so this is a kind of uh, shamatha is to calm, calm the mind, to focus the mind, to create the mind that is sort of like uh, uh, we, we I believe we talked last month about the mind that's sort of like a calm pool to calm the waves of the mind, and then that reflects uh, reflects the truth and enables one to see what is true and real. So these three aspects of uh, one's bodily acts, one's verbal act, and then one's heart or mind, these are the three aspects of karma. So body, speech, and thought. And so, uh, so this, is, this is the activity that we do. So there are many things that even you know, now, these, these categories still apply. All these you know, over, uh, uh, over a thousand years later, much, far, much, much more, almost uh, you know, about 1,500 years after Basubandu, we still do these physical things. We still say, we still aspire for birth uh, in the pure land. And then the, uh, the, 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 the other aspect of that, then the gate of contemplation. Um, and so this is to contemplate the land of, of the Buddha. And um, then it's here, it says, one wishes to practice vipassana. And this vipassana is the word uh, vipassana. If you've heard of vipassana or mindfulness meditation, so that means insight. So shamatha is the calming of the mind. So it becomes like that 
that calm pool of water. And then uh, vipassana is that insight that you receive when the mind is calm, then you see things, you notice things you didn't notice before because your brain was going a mile a minute. Um, so these are, so this is another, you know, aspect and it's receiving that insight. And then through that, then one is, uh, one can, can contemplate the virtues of the Buddha, uh, the Buddha land, the Buddha, and then all of the beings in that land. Okay. So that's the gate of contemplation. And then finally, um, the gate of directing virtue here. And so, uh, and this is where one constantly aspiring in the heart, never to abandon any sentient being of suffering, uh, in suffering, one takes the directing of virtue to them as the foremost. This is because one wished to fulfill the mind of great compassion. So having received this insight, having seen things as they truly are, then one is naturally inspired to wish to help others, to, to guide others. And so it comes out of uh, a sense of awareness, not, you know, oh, I should do this to be a good person, but rather a kind of spontaneous uh, arising of, of the desire to uh, help others and to guide them to uh, freedom from suffering. So these five aspects, these five gates um, that, uh, Vasubandhu lays out. So he begins by just kind of defining these. Um, and then uh, he moves on to talk about uh, how each of these gates corresponds to a virtue, a virtue. And he talks about the virtue of entrance and the virtue of emergence. So going in and coming out, right? And so if we... Um, just for a moment, um, I'm going to scroll back up and uh, remind us again of this, um, these words of uh, Shinran Shonin. So these last, um, the, the last sentence here in the first verse that we looked at, and then this whole second verse, they correspond to this process of the five gates. So here, Shinran talks about when a person turns and enters the great ocean of virtue, necessarily he joins Amida's assembly. And when he reaches that lotus-held world, he immediately realizes the body of suchness or dharma nature. Then, sporting in the forests of blind passions, he manifests transcendent powers. Entering the garden of birth and death, he assumes various forms to guide others. So this verse here, uh, is a very succinct summary of this section that we're going to look at now. So I want to scroll down and, and go through this section, look at it closely, and then we'll see that this, is a, that this uh, passage from the writings of Vasubandhu is something Shinran has identified, he's honed in on, and he said, you know, let's, you know, let's, uh, you know, let's carry this forward because we chant Shoshinge regularly. And when we do, we're uh, revisiting this meaning and passing this, actually passing this meaning on forward as well. So, so the first gate, the virtue of entrance, they worship Amida Buddha with the desire to be born in the Pure Land. They're thereby able to attain birth in the world of peace and happiness. This is called the first gate of entrance. So this is like walking in the door, walking in the door. 
right? So, so this, these physical acts, you know, you've got to physically sit down, physically move your body uh, to do these things. And uh, in a sense, our sort of physical karma is the most coarse of our different kinds of karma. It's, you know, the most sort of basic, you know, your mind can be going a mile a minute all over, you know, what you're going to have for dinner tonight or, you know, how the giants did in the big game or whatever, but you can physically drag yourself out of bed and come to the temple or, you know, switch on your computer and park yourself, you know, in front of, you know, the, the Zoom meeting or the, you know, the YouTube stream or, or what, what, what have you. Um, and so, uh so so that's um so that's that first the gate of entrance that's what kind of gets you there in the first place and then the second gate this praise of amida buddha so by praising amida buddha by saying the name in accord with the significance of the tathagata's name practicing in correspondence with the tathagata's light which is the embodiment of wisdom they're thereby enabled to join the great assembly this is called the second gate of entrance um, so if you think about, you know, when you come into a temple, you know, we come into the temple and we say Namo Amida Butsu and we recite these words all together, um, that brings us, that brings us together, right? That we, we join the, assemble, the assembly, we're together in the saying, but also in the hearing, just like that practice of chanting together, which is another kind of vocal praise. You know, before the session began, Kasumi and uh, Haley and I were talking about that experience of chanting together, chanting with a group of people, and how it helps you to stay focused. You know, your mind could drift off, but if you're there with someone who's also chanting, they will bring you back into this, this great assembly, the people whose uh, minds are directed toward the Buddha. Okay. Uh, then the third gate, uh, in the virtue of entrance, they think solely on with singleness of heart and aspire to be born in the Pure Land. And once born there, they perform the practice of shamatha, the samadhi of tranquility. Samadhi is another word for, for focused mind. And so, again, coming together, you know, doing these sort of uh, vocal practices together, this brings our mind brings our minds together, brings us into focus. Um, and then through that calming of the mind, then we enter the lotus, lotus held world, that, that world where the lotus that blossoms out of the muck then brings the, the purity of enlightenment. Okay. And then uh, concerning the fourth gate of the virtue of entrance, um, the contemplating solely on the wondrous adornments of that land, they practice vipassana, are they thereby enabled to reach that place and enjoy the various tastes of the Dharma. So that's that insight. You get the, the taste of the Dharma. You have that moment of appreciation. If you think about coming into the temple, um, you, know, you, you join a service, you come in, you do that, that initial entrance, just walking into the temple, bowing. Perhaps you come up to the front to do a shoko. Then you have a seat uh, in, the, in the hondo or at your computer. Um, and you join in the chanting, right? And that kind of brings your, your mind into a focus. Your mind is calm. You're ready to hear. And then you hear a Dharma message. 
you know, you've done the chanting, the chanting sort of helps to, to prime your mind to hear the message. And in that Dharma message, perhaps there's an insight. You receive something, some uh, perspective on your life or the world around you or what is really true and real in this life. And so that's that, that attain, attainment of the insight. And then service is over and you go home, right? You, you either, you walk out the door and uh, you, you go, go back to, you know, go about your day or you log off the computer and you go out and mow the lawn or whatever, you know, it happens to be happening that day, but you've received that insight and then you carry that out. And so this is the gate of emergence, the virtue of emergence with great compassion, um, they observe all sentient beings in pain and affliction, and assuming various transformed bodies to guide them, they enter and sport in the gardens of birth and death in the forests of blind passions. With transcendent powers, they attain the state of teaching and guiding sentient beings. This is brought about by the effect of the original vow that the Bodhisattva uh, had established. This is called the fifth gate of emergence. So, um, so by encountering the Dharma in this way, uh, we receive this insight, our minds are changed, and then we carry that out into the world. We carry that out into our, our, our daily lives. Uh, just as one who goes forth and realizes awakening, then uh, on the Bodhisattva path, then returns to this world of suffering, this everyday world of birth and death, um, but liberated, free. And so it talks about sport, or actually the, the character kanji for sport here is the word asobi in Japanese, to play. <laughs> so this feeling of, of, of playfulness in the midst of you know, this world, because there's a sense of, of liberation, a kind of lightness that comes from, from that insight. And that Lightness comes from being free of the ego, being free of me and mine, the way I think it should be, um, and to want to share that, that lightness and that freedom uh, with others. So, um, so we can see here, so I'm going to um, just back back up and revisit these words of Shinran. And so we can see how this process is uh, is echoed here, you know, with the key words cited. It's very clear. Shinran's very clear that he's referring back to this important um, insight of Vasubandhu's here. So um, I'll read this section again. He discloses the mind that is single, so that all beings be saved by Amida's directing of virtue through the power of the primal vow. When a person turns and enters the great treasure ocean of virtue, necessarily he joins Amida's assembly. And when he reaches that lotus-held world, he immediately realizes the body of suchness or dharma nature. Then sporting in the forests of blind passions, he manifests transcendent powers. Entering the garden of birth and death, he assumes various forms to guide others.
So I'll just um, scroll down here to the bottom um, and just point out. Um, so we have also some of the wasan, the hymns uh, from uh, Shinran's uh, uh, hymns on the Pure Land Masters. These are the verses inspired by the readings of Vasubandhu. And so um, we won't spend any time at this point kind of delving into these, but um, these are an example of another way in which another kind of presentation of, of, of these teachings, the way in which Shinran was inspired by Vasubandhu. So I wanted to include this uh, for your reference. Um, please, you know, I welcome you to, to take a look at these, uh, contemplate on these verses. Um, the way that excuse me, the way that these verses would be incorporated into our ritual practice uh, would be following the chanting of Shoshinge. Then uh, we would chant six of these verses in a cycle. And so there's a kind of standard set of six, the first six that we usually chant. Um, and one of the reasons we do that is because they're very meaningful, but also it's sort of a familiar set that people can, um, can master over time but the way in which um, it, it would uh, normally be done, and for example, so in my own sort of daily practice here at the temple, um, I will cycle through six at a time um, the, the three sets uh, of these Wasan hymns that Shinran composed. And so, so eventually, you know, one would come through uh, these words of Vasubandhu. So, uh, the reading of Shoshinge and then the reading of the Wasan uh, is intended to be a kind of complementary practice in our, in, our, in our ritual practice, whereas the Shoshinge is composed in Chinese and really kind of dense uh, in, in meaning and again reference to um, these, these other uh, scriptural and commentary passages. Um, the Wasan are composed in Japanese. Um, they're a little more poetic. Um, the language is a little more straightforward. And so it's another way to appreciate uh, this meaning that Shinran Shonin shares with us. So um, we'll conclude this recorded portion at this time, um, and then we'll open up for questions and discussion uh, for those who are here with us live. Um, if you're watching this online and you'd love to be part of the conversation, um, you know, we welcome you to join us. You can just uh, subscribe to the study classes and seminars link uh, at the San Mateo Buddhist Temple website. And there's a link to do that uh, there on the website. And then you could, uh, you're welcome to, to join us uh, for the conversation at that point. So uh, we'll conclude at this time, I invite you to join me in Basho. Namam Babits, Namam Babits. Namam Babits, Namam Babits.